Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. On today's podcast, I wanted to talk about something that maybe some of you remember from the early days of the Walt Disney World Resort, if you were someone who was driving into the resort and uh, had your radio on. And that was the Walt Disney World radio station. This was a very interesting thing that Disney created to uh, make the drive a little bit more of an experience. Now, maybe you've never heard about it and you're going, what are you talking about, Dave? And let me try and explain. Remember that the Walt Disney World Resort was originally intended to be sort of this experimental prototype community of tomorrow, the Epcot. And in doing so, they had this plan to create this research park. And it would be like on the southern edge of the property near to where, nearer to where 192 is, US 192. But since they didn't build that and they built the Magic Kingdom first as the moneymaker, the way to fund all of the Epcot research, they uh, left it off the table for the short term. And you would enter from US 192 and drive on World Center Drive, which was a fairly long drive up to the Magic Kingdom parking lot. So in order to engage you, delight you, and make it sort of entertaining on your way, they actually came up with a radio station that they would broadcast information about the Walt Disney World Resort, and in particular, the Magic Kingdom. And they would actually bring you information to kind of bring you up to date with what was going on and make it interesting and compelling. They actually uh, brought in Jack Wagner to do the recording for them. Jack, of course, was the voice of Disneyland up until that point. So to have him do it gave it some authority, some credence. And he would talk about park hours and things that were going on and activities and where you might stay and some of the fun things that were going on at the resort. They would intersperse it with a couple of voiceovers from a couple of the character actors, Mickey Mouse, Winnie the Pooh, whoever else. And you would be driving along and you'd hear this. Then they'd play some Disney music as you were going along too. And he'd give you some information. It was sort of this information station where they would be giving you things to kind of make your journey into the Magic Kingdom kind of fun. So they did this when the park opened. It actually came up in 1971 and uh, they actually had this playing and it played until about 1996 or so. I can't get a definitive date. I actually stopped listening to it sometime around the time that I worked at the parks in 92 or 93. So I don't know how much longer it went on. I've heard conflicting reports that it went on until 97 or 2000. But in any case, it ended sometime around that time and it no longer broadcasts. So how did it work? Well, this was an AM broadcast. So it's this uh, amplitude modulation. And uh, the way AM radio works is it's a low frequency signal that's then decoded and uh, you can you can listen to it and uh, if you're within the listening area. So the FCC granted Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company uh, AM 1030. And so they actually broadcast from within the, uh, uh, the castle in the Magic Kingdom, they had a little studio set up in there where they were running these loops of different uh, sounds and uh, things going on the Jack Wagner tapes, basically. And they would broad- they had a little broadcasting tower. Now you may ask yourself, where was this antenna located? 
The answer is it was on top of the Contemporary Resort. It was oriented in such a way that it would transmit down toward World Center Drive. And then buried along the side of the road, just on the entrance side, was a uh, series of um, um, ferrous cables. And the ferrous cables would actually pick up that signal that was coming from the very low frequency broadcast tower and would sort of amplify it. So as you were driving along, you could pick up the signal and listen to it. It was kind of an ingenious design by Disney because they wanted you to be able to hear these things and not have to broadcast well out into the community. So if you were down on 192, you couldn't hear it. If you were on the east side of the, of the park, maybe over by uh, downtown Disney, you couldn't hear it. If you were on the west side of the park, though there really wasn't anything over there at the time, you couldn't hear it. The idea was just to make it so that you would hear it as you were driving along World Center Drive. And it was actually very clever the way they set this up. It was a sort of an engineering masterpiece in a way. It was another thing that Disney came up with that was totally throwaway technology that most people would have never thought of, where they were actually broadcasting on a low frequency, amplifying it, and making it so that you could listen to it as you were driving along. It was really, really clever. So I have a sample of some of the early work of Jack Wagner giving some of the talk. It's just a couple of minutes long, but it gives you a sense of what it was like at the time. On behalf of the entire Walt Disney World cast, welcome. In just a few moments, you'll be approaching the Auto Plaza, where you'll receive an information guide to assist you with your ticket selection. Since it takes two days to see all of the lands of the Magic Kingdom, we'd like to recommend our special value two-day unlimited passport. This ticket admits you to the Magic Kingdom for two full days and offers unlimited use of all your favorite attractions except shooting gallery. That includes our newest attraction, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in Frontierland. You'll have an opportunity to catch the runaway mine train on Big Thunder Mountain as many times as you choose and thrill to the spills of raging waterfalls, gushing geysers, a rumbling earthquake, and avalanche. It's a mountain of uncontrolled madness you'll want to experience time and again. The two-day passport also offers unlimited use of the Walt Disney World transportation system, including round-trip transportation to the Walt Disney World Village at Lake Buenaventura. As you approach the Auto Plaza, we ask you to please use only the lanes with green lights. And all for one day's admission. Today, River Country is open for you to enjoy from 10 a.m. until 5 p.m. And if you'd like to add an island... To reach River Country, stay in the far right-hand lane as you approach the autoblocker, then follow the sign. Now, the static you're hearing is because the low-frequency signal can get a lot of disruptions and distortions from different things. It could be atmospheric conditions, it could be wind, it could be rain, it could be a lot of things. Some days when the, if the sun was brighter, you might not get as good a signal. So there were a lot of things that it could impact that low-frequency AM broadcast but you could actually get it and listen to it as you drove along. It was really pretty cool. Now, over the years, they evolved it a little bit and uh, made it a little bit different. Um, so here's another one that was from a later time period, like the late 1980s. Welcome to the Walt Disney World Vacation Complex, including Epcot Center and the Magic Kingdom. Today, Epcot Center is open from 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. The Magic Kingdom is open from 9 a.m. to 12 midnight. 
If you're going to a Walt Disney World Resort Hotel, please follow the signs or use the too far right-hand lanes at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center off Plaza. Ask the host or hostess any dining or lodging questions you may have. If you need handicapped assistance or information, also use the far right-hand lanes. For your best ticket value, choose a three- or four-day multi-day world passport and save between $10 and $19.50. Multi-day passports are good for unlimited admission to both parks, plus use of all Walt Disney World transportation. Use your multi-day world passport three or four days in a row or one day at a time, any day of the week, month or year, any year, until you've enjoyed all three or four visits. Multi-day world passports are good forever. For your convenience, three kennels are located throughout the vacation kingdom and provide service for a nominal charge. Please do not leave pets in the car. Strollers and wheelchairs may be rented at the Magic Kingdom or Epcot Center entrance. So that's what they broadcast along the way, and that was at 10.30 a.m., uh, so you would uh, you would just turn tune your dial to uh, 10:30, and you would be able to pick up the broadcast. Now you might have to tune it a little bit to the left or right to be able to to get the frequency just right to be able to pick it up, but you would be able to hear this in your car. Now they also were awarded 1,200 AM. That, now on that one, it was Jack Wagner talking about your day and hoping that you had a pleasant day and that you wished you well on your return trip home and that you come back soon. They also talked about upcoming things that you might want to come back for so they could bring you back in. They also talked about some of the hotels that had availability at that point in time. Uh, I guess they had some things they did with very specific um, tapes that they would play at that time that would actually remind people that there's hotel availability at the Contemporary or the Polynesian at the time and would get people to be interested in coming back. And they talk about the hotels a little bit and they talk about some of the things that you can do while you're staying on the Walt Disney World Resort. Remember that in the early days of the resort, people would go and they would visit the park and then they would leave. And a lot of times they wouldn't stay on the Walt Disney World Resort. They just go home or go to a hotel that was maybe out in Kissimmee somewhere. Because Disney didn't really have this thorough knowledge of how to interact with guests and have them doing things. So kind of funny because they, they couldn't figure out how to use that exactly. Um, so by doing these things with the, with the little call outs and asking people and telling them how much fun it was and asking them to come and stay, they could get people engaged and they would, you know, it would be kind of fun and they interactive and people would kind of listen to it. And it was like, oh, this is pretty neat. It's kind of interesting. Welcome back to Walt Disney World Radio. On behalf of our entire cast, we'd like to thank you for visiting us today and we hope you enjoyed your stay. We'd like to remind you to drive carefully as you are exiting, and wherever your destination, we hope you'll remember Florida's safety slogan, Arrive Alive. If you're going toward Tampa, stay in the left-hand lane taking US 192 East. Swim, ride the rapids on a raft. Or take a pedal boat or mini speedboat and explore the lagoon. Around the bend is the Empress Lily Riverboat Restaurant, where you can dine and listen to Dixieland music aboard an authentic Mississippi-style showboat. 
Furthermore, the seclusion of the village lounge provides an up-close and personal atmosphere to view the top names in live jazz entertainment. You'll soon find your Walt Disney World vacation isn't complete without a visit to the village. The village is open from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m. daily. It's located just off Interstate 4 at the Lake Buena Vista 535 exit. Turn north on 535 to Preview Boulevard, then left for less than a mile. If you're a camping buff, you couldn't have chosen a better time to visit. You can have a great time hiking, biking, horseback riding, canoeing, and enjoying countless other recreational adventures. What's more, when you're staying at Fort Wilderness, you don't have to break camp to go exploring. Our transportation system provides campground guests with complimentary service to all major points in Walt Disney World. Fort Wilderness campsites are beautifully secluded amid 650 acres of woods and winding streams. If you're into camping, there's no better place to visit than Fort Wilderness. And since campsites are available tonight, there's definitely no better time. Now, the problem with this kind of communication, this, this uh, low-frequency signal that they were sending out on the UHF airwaves, is that there's no way to be interactive with it. You don't know if anybody's listening to it. You don't know if you're successful. You don't know if anybody even hears it. So what they did was they used to occasionally put in there something about, hey, ask a guest relations person for this and tell them you heard about it on Walt Disney World Radio or give them this code or something. They do something to try and track whether anybody was listening to the, uh, the UHF broadcast or not. You know, if you think about um, even TV, uh, the way TV works and uh, radio works, they had to come up with this whole Nielsen rating system to keep track of who was listening to it because there's no way to be interactive and know how many ears or eyeballs you've reached. So Disney had to find a way to do that too. And they had their own unique way of doing it with this um, sort of interactive, hey, tell the guest relations person this. And it worked to a degree, but it really didn't give them any sense of listenership. They, don't, they really never knew how many people listened. It was sort of a best guess. It was just a way of communicating information and trying to get a best guess out there. And over time, with the introduction of the internet, with cell phones, with uh, the ability to pick up information about Walt Disney World from further away than being at the theme parks, because in the early days, the only place you could really get information was at the one station, the one stop that was along the turnpike, I guess it was, in uh, up around Ocala. There was a Walt Disney World uh, Visitor Relations Center up there. Other than that, there really wasn't anywhere to get any information about Walt Disney World other than the resort itself. So it made sense to have the radio station. But as these other technologies evolved, there was really no reason for it anymore. There was no rationale for continuing to, to broadcast the signal. And that's why it kind of fell out of favor and was disused. And by the late 1990s, they no longer had it in service anymore. But it was really cool. And uh, it was just one of those fun things that Disney did. Again, slightly throwaway, but really interesting. Uh, nice piece of technology, good use of the technology, a way to get people engaged and enthused about coming to the theme park without billboards, without advertising. They spent very little money on this, and it was just for the local broadcast right there along World Center Drive. And that was the whole point of it, just to get people engaged and make them interested in coming in so they had a little bit more excitement building up. You know, today you drive along and you see that the uh, billboards that are out there along various roads uh, outside the Walt Disney World Resort. And you get the all the ads that always pop up on Google or wherever you're going to. Uh, so you go somewhere and you, you see all these ads. And so it's in your face all the time. 
So there is no hype building up. You got the DVC thing with they sell, sell, sell. And all of those things, you know, they're, they don't build the hype the same way. You know, you, you have an extended stay. You're already thinking about it. With the way FastPass Plus works now and you, you plan your visit 60 days in advance, you know, hey, that's great. But the, that moment of excitement when you're first driving up to the park is lost. And that's what I miss is that moment. And I think that's why I still live by that old mindset of I'm going to the park and I don't know what I'm going to do that day until I get there unless there's one attraction I absolutely want to do. And then I might get a fast pass for it. But otherwise, I'm just going to go and let the day wash over me because that's the way I prefer to enjoy it because that's the way it always was. I like the hype of it all. I like driving along World Center Drive and just enjoying the view as I'm coming up and you know, kind of reflecting back on the, this radio station that used to broadcast information about the Walt Disney World Resort as I was driving up. As a little guy, you couldn't beat that. That was just so cool. You'd hear it. We'd always tune to it every time we'd come and every time we'd leave. We'd tune to it and listen to Jack Wagner telling us what to expect. Now, there is one other uh, thing that happened, and that was in, the 19, in 1982 when uh, Epcot uh, opened. They decided to do the same thing for Epcot. And so Disney got AM810 as the uh, entryway to Epcot. And it was actually kind of as you turned off of World Center Drive and headed into the Epcot entrance, you would get a much shorter clip of Epcot and telling you what Epcot was all about and telling you park hours and all of these pieces of information that would help you. So it was a little bit of World Center Drive and then on into the Epcot parking lot. Again, very low frequency, same exact setup. It was just a different frequency that they would broadcast it on so you could hear specifically about Epcot. And then on the exit to Epcot, they had the same thing again. And uh, that was AM 900 that would uh, return you to the present from the future world of Epcot and tell you about all the things that were going to happen in the future at, uh, because of Epcot and at Epcot and how Epcot was going to help shape our future. And it was really kind of cool. You know, that was a neat way to kind of look at the, the world. I don't remember this one as well. I know I listened to it a few times when we were going in, but I don't really remember it. I still remember the one that was going to the Magic Kingdom. That was just the way it was for me. That's the, the piece that I'm more likely to remember is all of the things that happened as a result of me going into the Magic Kingdom because the Magic Kingdom for me was it. That was the greatest. It was so awesome to just go to the Magic Kingdom and there was a certain thrill in it because you, you build up the hype in your mind about what it's going to be and then you walk in. And there's, there was no internet. There was nothing to build it up. There was no, you know, if I had a, a recorder at some point and I recorded a little bit of audio while I was on some attraction, I'd have that in my head. Or if I took one picture uh, with my 35 millimeter camera, I'd use that one picture and kind of remember, oh, that was a great spot to be. Not like today where, you know, it's just in your face all the time and you're always remembering it. This was sort of building it as you were going in. You'd be driving, we'd drive up, we'd be on the turnpike for a couple of hours we go up US-192, and by the time you got to World Center Drive, you were feeling it. You're feeling like, yeah, I'm at Disney World, man. This is awesome. I'm going to go to the Magic Kingdom. This is awesome. And then you make that drive up, and you turn to 1030, and you'd be listening to the broadcast that was coming in, building up the hype, telling you the park hours, telling you what was going on, some special events. And it really built it, and it made it feel really special. And uh, there was something kind of neat about that. And I miss that about the, the parks, the simplicity of all that. You know, there was no Fast Pass Plus. There was no planning in that sense. You would just get your ticket book and you would go see this attraction or that attraction. And that was it. That's the way you do it. And if you wanted to go see another attraction and see it again another time, that was fine. You could do that too. Now, I do have one other recording that's a much later recording. Um, different people talking other than Jack Wagner because Jack passed away. So they had someone else doing the, uh, the broadcast later in the game. And here's a little snippet from that. I'm going to Disney World. 
the Disney MGM Studios, we now take you over to the Magic Kingdom, home of Pirates of the Caribbean, Splash Mountain, Space Mountain, Cinderella Castle, and the new Mickey Mania Parade. Oh, boy, are we ever having fun? That's not Mickey. That's Simba the Lion King. He's here live in our newest Magic Kingdom attraction, a dramatic stage show called Legend of the Lion King. Legend of the Lion King features all your favorite Lion King characters on stage live. Simba, Nala, Mufasa, Rafiki, Zazu, Timon, and that lovable warthog, Pumbaa. Hakuna Matata! See the Lion King come to life before your very eyes. Legend of the Lion King, live only in the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. From Simba's savannah, we now climb the three mountains of the Magic Kingdom for high adventure thrills. Splash Mountain, the highest, steepest flume ride in the world. I was coming to the end of the drop, and then I looked down, and I saw how steep it was, and I was just screaming. I was just like, ah! Space Mountain, the world's only roller coaster through outer space. It goes so fast that I think you almost fly out of your seat. You're in the dark, you're going round and round, up and down, looking at the stars. We almost went and hit the ceiling, I'm sure, one time. Big Thunder Mountain, the runaway train ride of your life. And you had all these twists and turns and on this runaway train. And these rocks looked like they were going to fall. It was incredible. Ride the mountains of the Magic Kingdom. It's the peak of excitement. And that is my podcast for this week. I hope you enjoyed this walk down memory lane of something that was original and kind of fun. And remember, if we can dream it, we can certainly do it. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there, please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company.